Okay. So here, yes. All right. Um, so I've, I've got it set up instead of uh, adding these in post, we're going to play these live and see how, see how it works out. Uh, so this is how it starts. The views expressed on the International Internet Strangers podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the United Kingdom, the United States, their respective societies for the prevention of cruelty to animals or postal services. Okay, it's a little quiet. We'll have to juice it up in post, but uh, not bad. Okay, so uh, oh yeah, we got to welcome the the beautiful the beautiful listeners. Hello, everybody. This is the uh, International Internet Strangers podcast. Uh, I'm Damon, and I am Zen. And you today are listening to our David Bowie Day spectacular. Uh, so I have been celebrating David Bowie Day for a while now, um, and basically just celebrating by on. Uh, my iPod on my daily playlist, instead of it just being back to back to back podcasts, I'll put a Bowie album or two. Some days it'll be just all Bowie and all nice. the podcasts get to sit aside. And so I, um, when we put out our Halloween on Christmas special, uh, I realized, Oh, David Bowie day is coming up. Mm. Wh- what podcast is better suited to, uh, to do a little special something. So we Absolutely. are, uh, what we're going to do today, we're going to go, uh, we each, Zen and I picked five songs, um, not our top five, nothing in stone, but yeah. five that are important to us and we wanted to share uh, with you. I, I keep wanting to call the listeners beautiful babies. I do it all the time. <laughs> and it's and the, the obvious name for our listeners would be Strangers, right? Yeah. Because it's the name yeah. of the show. But it can be both, right? I, I really enjoy Beautiful Babies. Where where has it come from? It's it. <laughs> uh, it ju- it just kind of came to on. Um, what's that show called that I listened to? Uh, Nerd Poker. The mm. uh, the producer. Um, they they go through at the beginning, introduce the the cast, and then uh, the producer Sam, and he says, "Hello, beautiful children." And <laughs> I think that's just kind of the, what was... the alliteration of Beautiful Babies. It's uh, yeah. it's good. <laughs> Yeah. So you keep at it. You keep at it. I sure will. I can't be stopped. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, we've, we've each picked five songs that mean a lot to us. We're going to uh, share it with you, uh, beautiful babies. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you get a little something to take home as a treat. So uh, what I wanted to do first is uh, before we get to, to that, uh, I got a little game. And uh, so when, when uh, David Bowie died in 2016, mm. I made a bunch of mixtapes for people. Uh, I put it up on the Facebook. I said, hey, you, you know what's happened. If you, if you want a Bowie mix, I will make you a Bowie mix. Just, just speak up. And I, I made a good number of them uh, in addition to two or three that I had made for people before that. Mm. And what I ended up doing on all of them was the title of the mix was a lyric from a song that was not on that mix. Oh, was that intentional or did you kind of realize afterwards? Uh, I think the first two times I was like, Oh, that song's not on there. And after that I was like, well, that's the pattern. I think I did it for my Prince mixes too. 
it was a little nice. harder that on those. Uh, but what what I uh, propose to do is a game. I will give you the title of the mix, and then I want to see if you can tell me what song that's from. Oh God! Okay, okay, I'm down. I'm down to play. All right, and mostly this I'm is nervous. me being, being quite <laughs> proud of the way I titled these uh, these mixes. So, uh, all right, and and uh, where I was looking at them, they're all in alphabetical order. So that's how we're going to do it. Uh, nice. First one. A crack in the sky. And a hand reaching down to me. Yeah. Uh, all the strange... <laughs> oh, you pretty things. <laughs> there, I, I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of the game is going to be fast-forwarding to, to the title of the song. Like, yeah, I know, absolutely. I know the lyric, I know how it goes. <laughs> all right, you are one for one. Uh, all right, next one. It's kind of a, a softball, I think. Maybe a crash course for the ravers. Oh no! Yeah, my brain's gone. Crash course for the Ravers. Uh, drive in Saturday. Drive in Saturday, two for two, and that is <laughs> the of, of all the lyrics. That is the one set up, I think, most specifically to be the name of a, a mix, a David Bowie mix for somebody. Mm, it's a good name, um, and I'd just like to caveat: Damon can see me. I'm not cheating. <laughs> Yeah, the the look of panic ensures that, that you're not like I I, I trust. Uh, okay, yeah. so uh, crack in the sky, crash course for the ravers, a total blam blam. Uh, there's only room for one, and here she comes, here she comes. Don't lean on me, man. Cause it's suffragette City. <laughs> suffragette City. All right, three for three. Uh, okay, the next one doesn't really count, but because uh, it's not specifically a lyric, but you'll know what it's in reference to. Uh, it was called Art Crime. Oh, okay. Outside. As outside. I, I don't <laughs> think that's a, a lyric. It might be in one of the segues, but I don't think it's in any of the the songs. Yeah, it's 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 in because um, I was listening to Outside the other day, actually, much to my parents' consternation. Um, <laughs> so I was isolating at my parents' house with COVID. Um, I think it might be mentioned in the baby grace segue oh everybody's most listenable segue i i love it yeah yeah it's probably in that one um Mm. what 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 are your favorite of the the segues on outside because i Mm. i have a definite i have a definite favorite myself you're a big fan of um leon no i'm sure you've told me this before uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I can tell you my least favorite is, is the baby grace one. Sure. With the yeah. David Bowie doing the weird child and, voice. And aftershocks. I, <laughs> yeah. There's charm to it, but I understand for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I have a favorite. What's your favorite? Algeria touch shriek. Ah, yeah. The yeah, old yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, art crime. So then the next one is, Let's see, one, two, three, four. We'll call it four for four. Next is electric blue. That's the color of my room where I will live. Um, oh, sound and vision? Sound and vision, yep. <laughs> Almost had to put the, the timer on there. No! Uh, <laughs> uh, don't you? Okay, uh, pulling some strings. 
Uh, oh god, this might be the one that gets me. It's 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 on the tip of my brain. And uh, no, I don't know. Okay, would it help if uh, it was opening doors and pulling some strings? Opening doors and pulling some strings. I can hear it. I'll give you another hint. It comes up later in this episode. It is on your list. No! Oh, is it? Is it Golden Years? It is Golden Years. No! Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> okay. Okay, five, five for six. Five for six. Well, it's just about... Not bad. The next one, definitely a lob. Seven ways. Oh, seven? Seven, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Steely Resolve. Um, what's the song called? Uh, the Return <laughs> of the Thin White Duke throwing darts in lovers' eyes. No. Uh, 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 uh. No. Uh, uh, strangers when we meet. Oh, 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 of course. Steely Resolve. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're six it's of eight. It's a good, good rendition. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, six of eight. Uh, next. Oh, Under the Moonlight. Serious Moonlight. Uh... <laughs> oh, God. Under the Moonlight, Serious Moonlight. Uh, oh, come on, brain. It's from Let's Dance, but... It is Let's Dance. Oh, it's Let's... Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you seven of nine here. Uh, Star Trek Voyager special. All right. And then... <laughs> uh, so th those were all the ones I did in 2016 for people. The two that I had done prior to that uh, were titled Can't Get Enough of That Doomsday Song. Which, again, I think is a lyric set up perfect for, for what I used it for. Mm-hmm. That one's not ringing a bell. Yeah, see, that one's a trickier one because of where it falls. Because mm. that's the next day. Uh, and I, I feel like the next day gets, like, shrouded behind, you know, Black Star. Yeah. It just kind of sits. But it's a great album. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Um, and that, at the one at the time I made that, was the newest record. Uh, I love the, uh, the Tilda Swinton video. Videos, oh yeah. Uh, where are we now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one is. I love. Have you seen the video for the next day? It's. Have I seen it? Hmm. It's. It's a bunch of like. It, it's very biblical, like very New Testament, in a, a a fairly blasphemous way. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's. <laughs> I must have. I must have seen it when it came out, but I I can't recall it. It's it's uh, it's one where I say, oh, I mean, the whole album, I, I kind of do this, but like, oh, there's a lot of energy still in this artist mm. who doesn't need to at this point in the career. You know, you've taken, what, six years off. You can just put the, the new record out. And it was more than six. It was 10, right? Because reality was 03 and then next day was 2013. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's 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 very energetic. It's a very... Uh, uh, and I, I would say a very ambitious music video um, mm. for it not being what ended up being the final album. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, can't get enough of that doomsday song. And the final one, 
under chrome and glass. Um, is from Heathen, but what song is it? Uh, is is it five fifteen? Or the angels? No, no. Oh. I'll give you until you say. <laughs> Go on. Okay, uh, it's actually from reality. That's bring me the disco king. Oh no! Cold, cold Damn. nights under chrome and glass. Yeah. Oh, idiot Kingsley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, I I listened to that the other day because I considered uh, including that in my five. Uh, seven out of eleven on there, which is a, it's that's, a passing that's grade. Not great. It's not great. It's, um, ugh. Yeah, I thought I thought about. Uh, I didn't think about bring me the disco king, but it's it's one that like it makes sense because I remember when that song came out, mm. and because uh, it was uh, during your message boards, <laughs> and there was a lot of speculation as to whether this song is like a, a remnant from outside. If it like ties into the overall mythology. Yeah. And actually I was very surprised to later find out because it, it feels so outsidey, mm-hmm. but apparently when it was originally written, uh, it was written, it was performed. The first time they played it was in double the time that oh, wow. we finally got it. They like, they slowed it down by half. Um, and it was more of a kind of disco song, according to Niles Rogers, which I just find I just can't even I'd love to hear it. Yeah. But that was recorded for Black Tie White Noise and not used, I believe. Really? Yeah. Huh. So predates outside. Okay. Mm, I, I wouldn't have expected sure. that. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna write that down and maybe I'll find it in my notes later and look it up. All right, <laughs> Disco King. Okay. Awesome. So uh here, let's uh, rock, paper, scissors to see whose mm. list goes first. Okay. Um, so I like to do it one, two, three, go. Okay. So, so count to three and then show. One, yep. one two, two, three, <laughs> three delay. Go. Oh, we All both right. went scissors. Even with the delay, we both went scissors. Okay, let's go again. <laughs> uh, one, one, two, two three, three, go. go. Both scissors again. What? Ah. All right. <laughs> Third time's charm. Third time's. All right. So one. One. Two. <laughs> two. Three. Three. Go. Rock. That rock beats my scissors. That's, I, normally I go two out of three, but I think I think you've earned that one. Um, <laughs> okay. So here's, here's the exciting bit. I have created a theme song uh, for this game. Or not game, this segment. Hmm. Um, I've called the segment five songs. Listen, listen to my studio prowess. So I, I couldn't think of a David Bowie song that said songs in it. So I, I pulled it from uh, Sad Songs by Elton John. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. There we go. Uh, all right. So we're doing your list first, which means mm-hmm. I want to pull that up here. All right. Um, so just the, the same order uh, that you 
did the playlist on YouTube? Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay, Whoa. we got that first. All right, do you want to intro the first one? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I accidentally made it play, uh, which was very discombobulating. So my first pick, um, I, I've kind of done this vaguely chronologically in terms of my life. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is probably... Uh, a bit big-headed but so my first pick is um, unwashed and somewhat slightly dazed from the self-titled 1969 david bowie album um i think i'm pretty sure this is the first david bowie album that i heard all the way through um we used to have this like wooden tv stand when i was a little kid that had a big drawer underneath it Oh, okay. That was just full of full of cassette tapes, um, and I I found I found that album in there, and neither of my parents know who it belonged to. Neither of them claim to, oh, to have owned great. it. That's a fun mystery. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, for some reason, this is the song that that kind of intrigued me most. I think, which is interesting, seeing as Space Oddity is on that album. But yeah, I mean that that's the album that was re released as Space Oddity. Mm. Um, I don't know if they, that was a UK re-release, but I know in the US it was put out as Space Oddity. Mm, yeah, I think so. So, um, here let's let's hear a bit. Nope, my levels are okay. Nice fine, pretty girl. I see you see me through your window Don't turn your nose up Well, you can if you need to You won't be the first or last There we go. If I can hit my buttons quite right. There we go. All right. So yeah, it's a little of uh, unwashed and somewhat slightly dazed. One of the best titles in the catalog, mm. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, it's, I'm sure I must have heard like you know radio hits before then, but, oh, but yeah. that is in my head as as being the first time that I kind of became aware of David Bowie. Yeah, and it's got a very um, like it does have kind of that space oddity, that echoey twelve string. Oh yeah, um, yeah. In the opening moments, at least, it, mm. it kind of has that same sort of vibe. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure there's a word for it, but sure. that kind of um, storytelling approach uh, to to songwriting, you know, it's, it's kind of building a a little world in each song. Yeah, which I, I suppose he he does throughout his career, but um, yeah, that album in particular, in particularly, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, you want to go on to the uh, the next one then? Let's do number two. <clears throat> number two. 
right. Oh, should, should I play it or do you want to bring it up? Uh, no, I'll, I'll, yeah. So this is kind of moving on in my life. Uh, my first job when I was 16 was working in a supermarket uh, in a co-op. And they had like um co-op radio that they, they sort of broadcast over the Tannoy system, you know. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and I think it, it was probably limited to like, it, it, it was a really small playlist. I don't know, like 50 songs or something that they right. would just play over and over and over again. And this was one of them. Um, <laughs> and whereas I suppose some people might get sick of, of, of listening to the same songs over and over, I was just like, I'm so happy I work somewhere that's playing David Bowie. <laughs> like, see, I can, I can definitely great. see having like the one in the rotation where like, okay, finally, it's, you know, you've gone through your Rick Astley, your Toto, your <laughs> yeah. uh, probably Phil Collins. And oh, then you I'm get sure. To, yeah. And you get to the one you're looking forward to. This is the one. Yes. This is the one good one. It, it made stacking a shelf slightly, slightly more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, here, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and we'll all know what it is once it hits. Once I bring the level back up. Alright. Yeah, I mean just just an amazing song. Um, so when, when we talked about doing this for, for Bowie day, uh, right. <laughs> and you know, it's like, do, do we do our favorite songs? That's, that's going to be too difficult. Right. Um, Cause you know, I think if we're talking about station to station, I don't think golden years is my favorite song on that album at all. <laughs> like, and it's, it's a weird album for it to be on. Because it's such yeah. a, an accessible song, well, I guess. Uh, Word on the wind and or Word on the wing and wild as the wind. Those are also perfectly accessible ballads. Yeah, and you know, stay is is quite um, quite the funky jam. Yeah, I, I think stay is probably my favorite track on, yeah. on Station to Station. But no, I, th- uh, I think I yeah. might agree. Um, mm. I think it might be mine as well. Uh, but yeah, you know, Golden Years uh, is. Uh, a memory of a particular time and place. So that's why it's here. That's right. It, it's interesting. It's a song that comes up in interesting places sometimes because I, um, and obviously I would never pirate music. I think we can establish <laughs> that. Uh, everything here is bought and paid for. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I heard a legend that if you downloaded a torrent of like a complete Marilyn Manson catalog, there's a, a section that's just covers like a whole covers album golden years is on there okay like, of all the bowie songs for manson to cover i i wouldn't have expected golden years no way and uh they're um up in salt lake uh they had done uh 
I think every year a, a David Bowie tribute concert up until, you know, 2020, hmm. uh, David Bowie tribute concert at, um, urban lounge. That's the, the place. And I, I went to two or two or three of them. And one time somebody did golden years. I was like, that's it. Seeing somebody do golden years live is hmm. gives you a different perspective on the tune. Um, yeah. does the same for young Americans too. Cause they have, there's a lot of lyrics to young Americans. <laughs> if a lot of it feels like, uh, you know, kind of vamping or, or ad libbing, but it's all, it's all in there. They mm. had to have it written down for them when they did the, the show. I was like, you know what? No, you're not wrong. It, it goes on for, for quite a bit. Yeah. Young Americans is great. And there's some really great, like, um, studio footage of, of when they were recording it. And you've got like Luther Vandross in the, in the, um, chorus what do they call oh, it like yeah, the backing the, singer uh-huh that's right um yeah it's just yeah it looks like really it would have been an amazing place to be like really crazy just creativity floating around that room you yeah know? It, it yeah that's an album where it feels like there were no real wrong answers you had a direction but you could do if if yeah yeah that that's a that's mm. a great one. Now um, back to golden years. Was that in the? You've seen the medley of of Bowie on uh, Cher's TV show, right? Yeah yeah yeah. Do, do they do golden years mm. in there? I feel like I that was part I don't of think it. Think so. But that's I got. I'm going to share that one from the account. That's that's such mm. a great, uh, a great little TV bit. It's fantastic, but it is Bowie at his like most emaciated coked up face oh yeah um which is always a little bit i I don't know i find it a little bit sad to see because it's just clearly not not a very healthy stage of his life although he was being incredibly creative and and whatever i don't know i just yeah i find it a little bit uncomfortable i i can i can definitely see that and you you can definitely Mm. see it in the in the clip Mm. um and, and you say well i mean that's how how much 70s tv can you watch and and see performers definitely a little a little cokey but <laughs> yeah. but yeah it was you know when he says he doesn't remember recording station to station wow yeah yeah um but no absolutely if 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 anyone listening hasn't seen that share bowie special that's uh it's it's quite a, a moment in history i think <laughs> yeah definitely all right. Uh, yeah, let's go on to, to the next one. I like, uh, I like how you've moved on onto this, this third track. Yeah. Yeah. So why did I choose this one? Um, so I think ours was the first Bowie album that I owned that belonged to me. Um, you know, cause they were like, my sister had a couple of, I think she had Aladdin Insane and yeah. a Best Of and stuff like that. Um, so I bought it when it came out in 99, uh, when I would have been 14, I guess. Uh, but this was actually a B-side to one of the singles. It's it's a remix of Seven. Um, and there's just something about it. it it's, it's remixed by Beck and it's just really stripped back and apparently it wasn't very well received like not many people 
like this version, but because uh, really? I, I I just listened to the first time when you sent me this playlist, I was like, oh, this is good. Mm. And seven I, was. I was just. I was going to say seven on. was almost on my list as well. Okay. I, I I really, and especially when I was making playlists for everything, I think most of them mm. got seven on there. Maybe not most, but a lot of them. Mm. It's a because I was like, this is, it's a it's a good. I don't know. I like the the atmosphere of it, mm. and it it I I don't know. Maybe it's a little cheesy, but the poignancy of of a song with the uh, seven ways to die in it, like it does feel like very much reflecting on mortality, and it, yeah. it felt pretty appropriate um, for the yeah. 2016 mixes. And I think even even at the time, you know, as a 14 year old with very little life experience of you know, yeah, death and mortality and stuff. Something about it just felt very poignant. I think it was like we were talking about before. Like you know, it it feels it's giving you a feeling, but you don't entirely understand it. Right, for sure. You know, um, I got something from that. But yeah, so this was um, what was the album called? Uh, Beck had just recorded Midnight Vultures. Oh and yeah, was about to tour that. So apparently, he only had like a day to do his mix oh. <laughs> which I think is really cool but yeah no when I was when I was googling just to kind of confirm in my head the timeline of it all because I, I always get confused because I have this stupid theory in my head that like most of my favorite albums came out in 1999 um I understand that feeling <laughs> I, I do the same like oh well it, it's it was 99 or 94 or 87 yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, or yeah, you just kind of round up like albums from '93 are definitely from '94, I'm sure. Yeah. So I always think Mutations came out in '99 because that's I prefer that to to Midnight Vultures. Personally. Oh yeah, that was '98 though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, when I was when I was sort of searching, that there were people who didn't seem particularly keen on this version. But hey, I think it's great, and I think we should right. listen to it. Yeah. I hope we don't have to hear. Oh, we do have to hear an ad but I will edit this out of the final. <laughs> okay. Skip ads. Oh, wow. That, that is... Hold on. Sorry. So that's coming off of my phone. Uh, yeah, that's only given us like one channel or something. Let me... Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause. I'm going to switch uh, switch inputs here. That's really weird because it worked for the other two. I got seven days to live Okay, so the other two I had played off of my iPod, um, and this is coming off of YouTube on my phone, uh, which I had plugged into a different input on the mixer. So uh, let's pause, jump back. Too far. Okay. All right, let's try it again. Said. I forgot what my mother said as we lay 
good it's it's it does feel like it's midnight vultures era but it doesn't feel like it's from midnight vultures like it's got mm. the, the spacey sort of sounds and the the atmosphere on it man yeah and you know i beck is a well he certainly was i assume he still is a huge bowie fan so right i just think i don't know he did his best, and I like it. And forget what everyone else says. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting um, the way, like some of the stuff that I've I've read about uh, how uh, David responded to, especially it happens a lot with uh, "Never Let Me Down" and "Tonight" songs mm. from those. Um, like he, I think. Oh, I think it's on uh, reality tour where he talks about loving the alien and Mm. they've got like a different version of it that they play live. He's like, maybe this is how it always should have been. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That rings a bell. I've read it wasn't. Yeah. I I was going through some look, looking for uh, songs that say songs. So I could put it in our, our theme there. Um, Going through some stuff from that era on, uh, on genius and seeing him say like, yeah, I was never really happy with how the song and the mix ended up. And I kind of, you know, want to go back and remix maybe the whole thing. Mm. I, for, I forget specifically what song, but it was from Never Let Me Down. And one of the songs that almost made mine was uh, another mix of Time Will Crawl. Yeah. Um, do you know the mix I'm talking about? The MM remix? I think so. I think so. I, I know there's a really great version of that. I, yeah. I, I I like the original. Um, I know it's, it's I like, a much maligned period, but right. I like the original. I I think the original is good, but this is on the. Uh, I found it on the uh, Nothing Has Changed three disc set uh, mm. at uh, the Orem Public Library of all places. It's uh, the big recurring theme. But I was like, oh, this. I didn't realize how much better the song could have been. Because mm. like it's it's good on the album, but this remix really just just little touches, little touches. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess that's the case with um, what we were saying about "Bring Me the Disco King." It, you know, it's, it started oh, yeah. out as a completely different song, um, although I suppose that didn't make the cut in the end. But it does make you wonder, you know, all these kind of theoretical alternative versions yeah. that could have happened. Well, and, and did you see they just put out "Toy"? Yes. Yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. If you go on the the Spotify, you can find Toy and uh, oh, the I keep wanting to say Fantastic Voyage. That's not what it's called. Uh, there's like a, a box set on Spotify. It's the mm, second it, most recent release. Wondrous. They've added a load of live albums, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pink Floyd did as as well. Um, just a mm. bunch of like old live stuff, but this set. Let me find it. Still no hurling disdain though. Nope, still no, and still not the uh, the loner remix of "Bring Me the Disco King." Hmm. 
which I've, I've tried to find uh, a couple of times because it that yeah that i like that uh mix mm. um come on search david it's a title yeah. like fantastic voyage and mm. it is um brilliant adventure ah uh, yeah uh, 92 uh to 2001 is the era that it covers so there's a lot of Um, I wonder if it's because it's it's a huge box set. It's uh, back hundred and thirty one songs. It's ten hours of wow. music. Um, yeah. So demo version of seven, Marius DeVries remix of seven. Um. It's got the the Omicron, the the video game that he did. It's got those versions of Thursday's Child, New Angels of Promise, and The Dreamers. Yeah, because I I always knew that some of the songs on Hours were originally written for, um, for the video game, but apparently most of them were originally. Oh wow! Hmm. I, I yeah, and that's one of those weird things you find out is like, oh yeah, he was pretty into video games. <laughs> he made one. Yeah. I yeah. did actually I, I bought it on eBay years ago. I don't know what happened to it, but I was like, I'm gonna play this David Bowie video game. And then, you know, it was incompatible with the computer I had or something. I was gonna, so. I was, yeah, I'm gonna ask what system it was on. Because it, it's got that Dreamcast sort of feel. I don't I don't know mm-hmm. what I, I back that up with. But uh <laughs> yeah, I mean it, I'm sure it would look incredibly dated today, but Oh sure. You know, that like there's that clip of him talking about the internet you know he was he was oh, quite yeah. ahead of his time and he he was very tuned into like trends and things yeah so okay so some of the some of the other uh things that are on this brilliant adventure box set that i was okay. like oh finally that's somewhere uh, there's the showgirls version of i'm afraid of americans so the, okay the, the first time that we is i'm, I'm gonna switch this phone Let's hear a bit of, uh, uh, but yeah, the first the first time anybody heard uh, anybody, you know, public heard "I'm Afraid of Americans" was in the movie Showgirls. No way. Yeah, very like <laughs> I just a few years. I finally watched Showgirls for the first time. I'm like, is that that is definitely "I'm Afraid of Americans," but the lyrics are, are different. Um, yeah, let's hear a bit of this. the chorus is different mm. but it's very swimmy yeah. oh yeah i'm afraid of the animals why so yeah so i mean i think showgirls came out in 95 and then uh, earthling wasn't until 97 so it was wow. just something i guess they were kind of working on and made it into the movie I'm afraid of the animals. Okay. And I've never heard that. That's a mad version. Yeah. Uh, and then there's 
this on here as well. Uh, it's a fleeting moment, aka seven years in Tibet Mandarin version. Mm. I'm gonna jump ahead here. I had a video of him doing this. Oh, cool! On one of one of my bootleg concert DVDs, but I can't remember. It was it was the era when he had like uh, mannequins with projected faces on and stuff. Oh, like the uh, uh, the fiftieth birthday concert has that as well. Yeah, must so, have been yeah, around so, that time. So that would have been spiky hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. There's a lot of so there's like the albums from that era, and then there's all this other uh, stuff on here. Don't let me down and down. Indonesian, Indonesian vocal version. Wow. So yeah, it's a it's a real interesting box set. It's got toy, um, the re-recordings of uh, "Can't Help Thinking About Me" and mm. uh, "Let Me Sleep Beside You." Because Toy was originally going to be like a pinup style, right? Or half covers, half. Or am I thinking of reality? Mm. I'm not sure. I I don't recall it being yeah. a, a covers album. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there there was something that was meant to be a uh, like a, a sequel sort of to to pinups. Um, yeah, and so there's got re-recordings of of some of those older songs there. Yeah, I guess reality kind of that would make sense because there's what three covers on there. I've been waiting for you's Neil Young. You've got Cactus by the Pixies. Uh, I think Fall Dog Bomb. Fall Dog Bombs the Moon. Is that a cover? Or Looking for Water. I think one of those. Um, mm -hmm. you know, Pablo Picasso. That's a cover. Okay. That's a Jonathan Richmond. Yeah, so that yeah. would make sense. So yeah, I think yeah, there was some some sort of project around that time that got rearranged. Mm. Uh, Lonely sky, looking for water. She'll drive the big car. Days. Uh, try some, buy some. I think was a, a cover. Mm. Maybe. And then, uh, oh, and the version on. Uh, Spotify has that uh, Rebel Rebel, the, the way he, that new uh, arrangement from um, the reality tour, mm. which is really good. That could have made my list because there's uh, little changes in there that have become kind of my standard version of Rebel Rebel. Yeah. The You Betcha. That's on there. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's a bit of a tangent. You want to go on to your, uh, your next one here? Uh, yeah, so I mean, this is. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's it's not the best recording, uh, and I, I did debate using a different version, but I think for authenticity's sake, let's let's go with this one. Um, so this was the second time I'd seen David Bowie live, and uh, it was at the Hammersmith Apollo um, in London. 
which was where he famously uh, retired Ziggy Stardust 30 years previously or, or more. And yeah, he he played Beauty Brothers for the first time to a crowd ever. Uh, and I was, yeah, very, very excited to have experienced that. There we go. I'll ask about anybody. I won't do this one unless I know anybody knows this thing. This is from a long time ago. Um, you've never done it on stage. There's a theatre It's called The Beauty Brothers. He's, he's got the, the sheet music there. As you see, I've learned all the words. We've only ever, ever, ever done this once on a radio show. We've never done this on stage. And it's your... And it's your night in the Queen's room. But uh, I would like to try and, try and do it, but it's got so many words. I mean, again, like I said, it's it's not the best uh, quality. You, you can hear uh, other versions of it, but yeah, it just it, it felt very very special to 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 be there and and hear that. And again, like you know, if we're talking about Hunky Dory, it's probably not my favorite track from that album, but <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's yeah, a snapshot of a moment. I mean, Hunky Dory was my favorite album for a long time. It's, uh, oh, yeah, it's it's a it's a great great album. Mm. Um, and where I had come in, um, knowing like the singles and then the newer stuff, mm. it's it's one of those albums where in my when I finally was like, I'm gonna, well, I'm going to go back and visit the the albums, the albums. Mm. It that's a, a solid record. Yeah. And it, it sits there kind of just right before uh, Ziggy. Um, mm. 
and kind of gets overshadowed by you know Ziggy Stardust and Aladdin saying and and where everything really takes off after that. But mm. I think it's yeah, I think it's it's a very thoughtful album. Um, and it it's after Man Who Sold the World, right? Because yes. I know there yeah. there was some creative control that he didn't quite have over that over a man who sold the world like the album artwork got changed and the title got changed and stuff like that Mm. so hunky dory kind of feels like that first time really getting to do the full thing that he wants to to put out there interesting yeah i mean aside from kooks which i think is kind of a you know it's one of those kind of quirky uh I don't know. It's not a serious song to me. Aside oh, no. from Kooks, I, I think it's it's pretty much all killer, you know. Well, I mean, eight line poem, quicksand changes. You know, it's great. Yeah, and Kooks was uh, for uh, for Duncan, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I Which do... is it's a sweet legacy to have, isn't it? Yeah, I, I do have a. a tr- I don't think I've added more than one thing to it, but a, a twi- in my head, I've got a Twitter thread of songs for the singers' kids. Uh, oh, that's so sweet. Kooks, you've got uh, Alive by P.O.D. is for his daughter. Um, uh, Song for Sleeping is uh, uh, Scott Weiland's son. Um, obviously, Beautiful Boy, Darling Boy uh, by John Lennon is, mm-hmm. is for Sean. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Sean, Sean's the older one, isn't he? Oh, then it would be Julian. There would be for Julian, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I I have a very funny again in my head. It don't, I I don't want it to exist in real life, but in my head, there's a, a great rivalry between Sean and Julian. Because uh, Julian, got <laughs> I might have made that songs. up, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, just like this this list of of songs that I want to, you know, who the the singer is, who the kid is, um, and kind of what where the kid is now like what they've been doing. Hmm. Um, but then I did when I did that the, for that first song for that stone temple pilot song, it was really sad because the newest news story about that kid was he was in a kid. He was in a band with two other rock star kids, hmm. but got kicked out for drug use. And I'm like, Oh geez, Scott Weiland's kid. That's, ugh, yeah. that's a downer. That's um, sad. but, uh, uh, Bule Brothers. Mm. Uh, do, do you know the band Replicants? No, but that's a great name. <laughs> it's uh, so the first bass player for Tool uh, mm. was on Undertow and Opiate, and then he left uh, the group, and Justin Chancellor came in, and he formed a band called Replicants, and that's kind of all he's really done if i remember his wikipedia correctly but i was like this is an interesting little album it's just a covers album Mm. and i I went out and and bought a used copy of it and that is the david bowie song that they do it's the longest longest track on the album it's seven seven minutes 15 and uh oh no they're uh the cover of silly love song is 15 seconds longer (laughs) and i think that is the one that's got uh, Maynard James Keenan guesting on it. Nice, but uh, yeah, that that's a, it's not on on Spotify, but it's uh, 
when, when that was one of the songs you picked, I was like, oh, I know where else that song shows up. Ah, cool. I mean, yeah, like like uh, David said at the gig, it's it's got a lot of lyrics, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's got to be a tricky one to to cover. Yeah, I'll, I'll dig that one out, but not on Spotify. All right. Okay. Well, let's let's hit your uh, your last one here. If I can get back into the phone. Okay. Um, yeah. If you want to set yeah. this one up here. So this uh, this is from a live album that came with the Bowie at the Beeb um, album yeah. compilation, Collection. whatever it's called. Collection, exactly. Um, and it's it's a live recording from 2000 of Always Crashing in the Same Car, um, which I don't think I particularly... It didn't mean that much to me when I'd heard it, like the the studio version, but there's something about this live version just, I don't know, it really got me. I th- you know, maybe it's Gail Ann Dorsey's backing vocals. I don't know, but some, something about this it version hurts. just, yeah. it never hurts. Um, and I think that the kind of the theme of, you know, always making the same mistakes over and over again kind of uh, stuck with me in my early 20s, you know, lots of uh, <laughs> romantic misadventures <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, and it's just a bloody great song. And, um, yeah, when I when I first moved to Brighton, I, I worked in a pub and uh, this was kind of pre-Spotify. So we just uploaded loads of CDs onto the, the laptop and, and I stuck oh, yeah. this one in there. Um, and I managed to convert a few people over to, to Bowieism through this song. Oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, let's let's hear this live uh, always crashing in the same car. Right. Uh, uh, no way. 
Do you uh, know the he... uh, the story behind the the lyrics? No, of that song. No, let's hear it. Uh, so apparently, um, David Bowie and Iggy Pop were driving around. Uh, I'm not sure which country they were in, but um, David spotted a drug dealer who he thought had um, ripped him off. And I assume that they were inebriated on something or other, but he decided that he would crash into the drug dealer's car. Oh. (laughs) And yeah, they were just on a bit of a crazy bender. And then he went back to the hotel and was driving round and round in circles uh, in the hotel parking lot. Um, So, so Jasmine in the song is actually Iggy Pop. (laughs) Oh, sure. That that is an interesting uh, arrangement. I, I really, I didn't fully recognize it until the guitar came in right where mm. we were fading out. And I, I listened to low like yesterday mm. um, or the day before that's, that's, it's definitely got that. Uh, what album am I thinking of? What's after hours? Is it hours and then heathen? No. Uh... There's one in between. I guess I've got the wealth of. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was ours, and then. Um, but yeah, it's it's got that uh, late '90s, early 2000s with the piano, especially mm. those little piano stabs. Very. I mean, very it's outside. Like Garson, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But but yeah, it's it's that that band, you know, yeah. behind him, yeah, Gale exactly, Ann and um, Sterling. I forget the the piano, but yeah. It, it definitely feels like uh, like that era of arrangement, and I like that a lot. That's great. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of blissed out, kind of chilled out, jazzy version. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just kind of gave me a slightly different perspective on it, and and helped me appreciate uh, that song a whole lot more. Yeah, it's great how how just like that slight rearrangement can mm. really slide it into a into a different perspective. Um, all right. So that's your, that's your five. That's my five. Yeah. Like I said, not necessarily my, my most favorite Bowie songs ever, but they are five that have meant something to me in life. So yeah, five, five worth yeah. sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, let's, yeah, I'll, we'll jump right into mine. Mm. Um, so this one, here, we'll go ahead and start it here. Let me see if I can jump in the head to the right spot. I jumped to the same spot in the chorus. That's wild. (laughs) 
Alright, so that is uh, Heroes slash Helden, mm-hmm. um, which I first heard on uh, the mix you had made for me, um, whatever year we had done that. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, Heroes has always been one of the songs that's been been around um, as a, a kid growing up. Uh, listening to changes Bowie it was like the three minute version mm. um, what's weird what's weird with heroes for me is that I listened to to changes Bowie a lot and didn't really clock the song until the wallflowers covered it for the Godzilla soundtrack <laughs> and I was okay. like oh yeah that new wallflowers song and then it was in like a windows commercial and I was like oh that's an interesting version of that wallflowers song so just like that, that weird childhood, like some stuff sticks, sticks some doesn't. That's <laughs> so weird. Funny. So weird. Uh, but that song, that version of it, um, if I remember right, that's from the Christiana Effa soundtrack. Yeah. 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 Um, that went on every single Bowie mix mm-hmm. uh, that I, that I made. And it, it finally went up on Spotify as well. So when I put those mixes up, I can put in the, the version that I want. And, and it's not just Helden, which is just three minutes of, of Heroes, and it's all in German. It's the full six-minute version mixed. And I listened to the Spanish uh, Eroes and uh, the French one, and the German just hits right, mm. I think. Well, I mean, it was it was written in, in Germany and recorded right. in Germany originally. Because the you know the guards shooting above our heads was apparently about I want to say the guitarist was kissing his girlfriend by that, by yeah, the Berlin Wall. That's right. Mm. And yeah, it's there's there's some I, I'm not going to try and find it uh, using the scroll wheel on my iPod, but there's some some <laughs> wonderful uh, intonations the way the way he performs it. It's 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 mm. very good. Um, and there. So as far as versions of uh, heroes to bring to today's show, it was between that and that was always the front runner. But the other one was uh, a mashup because uh, mm. I I do still love myself a, a mashup. Um, there's a, a a guy I whose work I, I followed for a little while. Uh, it goes by Totom T O T O M, and he did a, an album. Uh, a mashup album of uh, Nine Inch Nails's "With Teeth." Oh wow! And the one of the tracks on there is uh, "Beside You in Time" and "Heroes." You know, "Beside You Heroes." And I need I, to hear this. Yeah, <laughs> it's and it's kind of hard to find. I don't know if his stuff's still up on YouTube, but I'll look for it for you. Mm. Um, yeah, that was one of the uh, songs. It was like a, a week after um, he had died. Uh, listening to that one in the car the, that got me crying again. It's mm. it's really good. It's a really thoughtful sounding, very emotional mashup, which is something that I sometimes uh, cling on to. You are the king of the mashups. I I, <laughs> I do okay. 
I get by. Yeah. Oh, I uh, I saw because uh, Iman has has released a a perfume recently, so there's been lots of really nice interviews with her, and uh, there was one for Vogue, I think, where she was talking about different objects in her house that have meaning to her. Uh-huh. Um, and she was explaining uh, that the bit about dolphins and heroes was loosely inspired by a book that they were both fans of and it was something that they bonded over when they met i just thought that was really cute oh, that i didn't realize yeah yeah it's called grave for a dolphin apparently yep. sorry i was i was looking for that mashup on on youtube and it's mm. given me toadies um <laughs> Not quite. Okay. Um, boom. Anyhow, that's not what we're doing right now. Let's go. Let's go on to my next track. It's a. It's a, a bit bouncier. So, um, yeah, so hang on to yourself from uh, Ziggy Stardust and the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars from 1972. Um, okay, uh, I remember the first song that uh, first time that song really hit me was. Um, I can't remember when it was, but I remember when it did. Uh, I had always, you know, as a, a younger teen, um, had kind of a fascination with punk rock. And the, the first time I, I remember really hearing Hang On To Yourself, uh, I was like, this, that riff, that sounds so Ramones to me. Okay, and yeah. like four or five years before the first Ramones album, I was like, wow, that's... Uh, I just kind of went into my my bank of like, oh look, look at all the stuff that David Bowie did first, or um, had brought into his uh, oeuvre before mm. you would think somebody had done that pioneering sort of stuff. Um, and so that's it. Oh no, I'm trying. I I I was gonna say it might be my favorite song from Ziggy, but no, you can't. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. It's a great album, but maybe, maybe hang on to yourself. It's, it's, it's a fun one. It might be the funnest song that and Ziggy Stardust, I think. Yeah. On that, on that album. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. I guess I, I don't really have other, other than that Ramones connection. I don't really have a lot of a story behind hang on to yourself. It just, yeah. that's how it came into to my rotation and it, it, it always sits kind of high. It's always one I kind of go to. That's fair. Yeah, it's it's a great track. I'm trying to remind myself of the uh, where it sits in the album. It's quite early on, isn't it? I think. Let's see. Uh, five years solo, Moon Age Daydream, Starman, It Ain't Easy. That's side one. And then Lady Stardust, Star, and then Hang On To Yourself. Ziggy Stardust, Suffragette mm. City, Rock and Roll Suicide. It's so hard to choose a favorite. Yeah. 
I mean, five years is such a great way to start an album, isn't it? Just yeah. That. It it's like a when a, a film starts after the action of the film mm. is the feel of it. I mean, I guess it is kind of a, a more uh, traditional sort of prologue, but it mm. feel it has that ending feel. Like I would easily put five years as a closing track on something. Yeah. I saw a really weird interview the other day from the sound and vision tour era, which would have been, what was that? Early eighties to best off tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's like super defensive. It doesn't come off very well to be honest, but uh, I can't remember the question that the, the, the interviewer asks him, but he says something along the lines of like, I, I've never, uh, I've never talked about the world ending. That was Ziggy talking about the world ending. That wasn't me. Uh, it's like okay, okay. <laughs> very strange. Very strange. Hmm. Um. Yeah. All right. Here, let's let's do this next one. Let's kind of let it roll because this is the specific version that I I chose. I could have done the one that's. It's just the song, but mm. no, I, I, I like this. This is the specific version of the song that uh, I like the most. Uh, so it is uh, Underground from Labyrinth, and uh, this is the version with the intro that uh, goes over the opening credits. I thought that was the post, but I'm really, I'm always early. <laughs> and just listener, there's a you know picture an owl, a yeah. snowy owl. Labyrinth has always been one of my favorite movies. Yeah. As, as long as I can remember having that uh, as an option. I remember um, renting it a bunch of times <laughs> uh, before we, we owned a copy. And uh, yeah. And, and of the song, the, I think magic dance is probably like the, the standout track, like the one that most yeah. people would know from the movie. Um, but, Underground is the one that that comes back to me the most often. Uh, I find myself yeah, singing it at pretty... the zoo whenever there's an owl. <laughs> yeah, not not as the world falls down. I do love as the world falls down. Uh, I love uh, within you, mm. but 
Underground is just like, yeah, it's the pop song, isn't it? It's it's the one yeah. that gets in your head. And the way it swings from that moody intro, uh, yeah. and even like when the vocals kick in, there's like a verse that stays on that before the drums really kick in mm. and it starts starts bopping along with the with it. It's just so atmospheric, but I I can't separate it from, like you say, you just image the image. Imagine the 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 owl, and yeah. the, you know. I I I'd be intrigued to know what people who haven't seen Labyrinth make of it. Oh yeah, I always fascinating people who haven't seen Labyrinth yet. I almost don't want to tell them to watch Labyrinth because. Because yeah, of- I, I made the mistake of, of um, enthusiastically recommending it to a colleague years ago and lending them the DVD, uh-huh. and they, they were not impressed. Yeah. And it's because I recognize how I feel about the Dark Crystal. Mm. I don't care. I don't care about Dark Crystal. Mm. But uh, And so I feel, or other people are very strongly, they prefer Dark Crystal over Labyrinth, weirdos. Uh, <laughs> But I, I recognize that it might work the other way. So mm-hmm. I I love Labyrinth, and if somebody wants to enjoy it with me, that's fine. But I, I'm at an age where I can't push Labyrinth on anyone but my children. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. But that's what kids is for. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So that version of Underground, although that version of Underground doesn't have the one that the closing credits version does, which is that... Uh, the shout, uh, get me out of here. Oh, down, down on the ground. <laughs> that's, that's the best part. It's not in the vi- version I picked, but that is the best part. Uh, we need an ultimate there. version that, that contains <laughs> both those elements. Yeah, Someone nine, needs to create that nine minute version. <laughs> yeah. We get, uh, oh, who did the music on that? Toby, Toby Jones. We'll get him. Not Toby. That's the kid. Uh, Terry Jones. Nope, that's Monty Python. Um, yeah, didn't he do the? Um, oh, didn't he? Who designed the the goblins? I thought that was, was uh, oh Terry Gilliam. It would have been. I I would get if I had to guess which Python did it. I would guess the one who did the animations. Yeah, I need to. I've got the book. I've got the book. Oh, that's so that's fantastic. That's Oh yeah, Terry Brian, Jones, Brian Terry Froud, Jones. and Terry Jones. Yeah, the Goblin, Goblin Companion. Companion. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you were right the first time. Uh, yeah, so we, we get them to do a an ultimate, um, just underground. Not the whole, not the whole album. Not any of the other stuff. Just underground. Yeah. <laughs> the definitive version, the Snyder cut. Oh, wow, yeah. And put it out in black and white. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's great. All right. Um, okay, yeah, let's... We digress uh, once again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, did you have anything else uh, about Labyrinth or... Uh, oh, wow. I mean, there's I mean, so much about Labyrinth, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a Labyrinth special someday. Maybe we'll do a watch along. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, Amazing. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, let's let's roll on. Let's uh, get to my number four uh, song. It's Little Wonder. Little 
That's the piano I was talking about when we were talking about your uh, always crashing in the same car. It's kind of the same, Mm -hmm. kind kind of what I was thinking of. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Little little Wonder, a song that until I'd say three hours ago, I hadn't really looked at the lyrics. Okay. I had picked it for this, for this project. um, And then, I guess I had pulled it up for, for something else. And I was like, Oh, that's, I guess he is naming off the, the snow white dwarves. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's so funny. That was a, that was a single. There's a music video for it. Um, It's it's one of those uh, every, every once in a while, David gets a little reflective. And so the video for little wonder has somebody dressed as Ziggy uh, wandering Mm. around a city, trying to, to get a hold of, of things, but yeah, the lyrics are, it's like a writing exercise. I, I think he set himself a challenge to, to write a song, including the seven dwarves. Um, yeah, there, there was a quote from him. Like he, he kind of ran out of dwarves. So he had like stinky, like the first lyric there is stinky, stinky <laughs> yeah. weather. So fat shaky hands. Yeah. yeah. So he'd come up with some additional, additional dwarves to, to work in. <laughs> I, I wish Snow White had a dwarf called Stinky. <laughs> yeah, the Snow White expanded universe, like mm. uh, Clue. Uh, have you, so my my aunt had a Clue Cluedo in the UK for mm-hmm. our uh, British beautiful babies, and uh, <laughs> so there's the standard version. There was this expanded version that is apparently more rare than I I thought because my aunt had it, so I knew it. So. Mm. Other people must, but there's a, a Sergeant Gray, and there's more rooms and more weapons oh, and everything. Right. So, so like that, but Snow White. There's more dwarves, uh, yeah. more mines. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Little Wonder. It's the first track on Earthling. So when uh, actually last night, just edited the next episode after this to go up, and I I talk mm-hmm. about my friend Travis uh, straying on the ski trip having Earthling. Um, so that, this was the first song from that, that I, I had heard. Mm. And, uh, so the, and there's a ton of choices from that album that I could have gone with, but I was like, there's that. And then seeing, uh, him on SNL mm-hmm. with this strange little guitar, shiny silver, just like a little box. And then it's one of those where the tunings, uh, at the bottom or behind, there's no head. Oh yeah, super! Uh, didn't he have one of those in Tin Machine? I'm sure he did. Oh, it sounds like a Tin Machine thing, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely that sort of sound. So I was like, you know what? For this, since you know these songs aren't written in stone as as the best or your favorite or or the mm-hmm. most anything, I'm gonna go with Little Wonder because it's it's got that piano, just those little piano stabs. It's the drum and bass that apparently I love. Uh, <laughs> I, I really associate Earthling with you. Um, I, I think 
I don't know. I think maybe I hadn't quite got it and you were just like extolling the virtues of 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 earthling until i sat down and listened to it and and really appreciated it well i I think that's that's fair because you had uh heard outside and i hadn't Hmm. uh when we online met um my dad had black tie white noise Hmm. and the two tin machine albums but that was the kind of the end. And then I picked up at earthling. So I missed Mm. outside entirely. So where you may have seen earthling as kind of a, a follow-up, a a not quite, um, uh, not quite as outside as outside. Mm. Um, it's the one that I was like, Oh, well there's, you know, Trent Reznor somewhere in here. It's not in the liner notes. He's somewhere in there. He must be. That's what I heard. (laughs) Uh, turns out just the music video version of uh, I'm Afraid of Americans, but that was good enough for me to get me in. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the track from uh, from Earthling that I, I brought to us. And nice. speaking of Trent Reznor, look at that segue. <laughs> if I can use my equipment. Here we go. Bring that back up. Very carefully pushing up the pots so you can hear it because the, the bootleg's a little quiet itself. To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real Could I have picked a longer introduction? (laughs) Uh... So this uh, version of Hurt with Trent Reznor from the Hurling Disdain bootleg. Uh, I think the 95 tour. So that's uh, Bowie promoting outside, Trent promoting the downward spiral. Um, Yeah, so it's a a bootleg that that you had sent me. Um, And man, yeah. I think I, I said I say this in the episode that comes out next week. Um, there's still versions. There's little things in there uh, on that album that are the version that my head recognizes. Mm. Not just a Bowie song. I think of Reptile as well because they do Reptile and 
what's the, I think there's another Nine Inch Nails song that they do. Or maybe I'm thinking Trent on Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. Mm. But there's there's versions where that's kind of the definitive one for me. And Man. Jo- Johnny Cash is Hurt is still probably the definitive version of it, but I I definitely think this uh this one runs. Mm. It's and it's not even the closing track. It's not even the way they end the album. It's right there in the middle. It's like track six. Yeah, I uh again because yeah i was isolating with with covid um i just went on a bit of a youtube spiral and was watching uh interviews and i watched this interview with david bowie and trent reznor oh, sort of an- announcing the tour um so it was only six weeks and it was only in america um and yeah they they it's a very interesting interview because I, I feel like David Bowie was trying to be very cool and kind of impress Trent Reznor. That's the vibe I was getting from it. Sure. Um, but yeah, that that like that such different personalities. Like Trent Reznor is this kind of minimalist and um, especially mid nineties Trent Reznor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, David Bowie was all about excess and and showmanship and stuff and somehow they met in the middle and created this amazing tour that i think i think you know if there's any kind of era of bowie that i could have seen i would have loved to have seen this show yeah same same here for sure um the uh one of the the djs on the the local morning show that i listen to Mm -hmm. here um on uh radio from hell went to one of the shows. Oh, wow. Saw him in Texas. Yeah. So, and that, that's one of the, one of the very interesting things because people talk about how uh, Bowie reinvents himself so frequently and so effectively. Mm. One of the things I think is he keeps listening to music. Yeah. Like he stays, uh, like he loved the Pixies. Yeah. Um, Although I, I had something that was kind of upsetting at the time. Uh, I think I might have told you this before. When my sister used to do tour managing for, for bands and stuff, uh-huh. they they did a show in New York and um, some of the kind of New York scene people were like, yeah, if if David Bowie comes to your gig, it's it's like a kiss of death for your band. Oh, no. It means you're not cool. It's like, oh, that's, that's terrible. Well, it didn't stick because no. he he found the arcade fire. That's how we got arcade fire. Mm. Um, and I mean, if you, if you look at the artists that were at his beautiful babies, if you have not sat down and watched at least a portion of the 50th birthday show, take some time. Watch uh, Dave Grohl uh, doing Hollow Space Boy or... Mm. Uh, Robert Smith and, doing quicksand. Um, what's the, the the drummer in Foo Fighters? Taylor. Oh, Taylor. Ty- yeah. Yeah. He, he's. They've got like three drummers on stage, haven't they, or something? Yeah. It's 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 uh, David's band's drummer, and mm. I th- yeah, I think Taylor and Dave Grohl mm. uh, playing. Maybe it's it's great though. Uh, f- one of my favorite moments. Speaking of the Pixies, is Frank Black comes on and sings "Fashion" with him. Yeah, and it's it's David Bowie with the the hardest 
working look he's ever, well, uh, some of the Ziggy looks, hmm. some effort, but he's got the uh, Alexander McQueen coat mm-hmm. and the spiked hair and, and the perfectly trimmed little goatee for 1997. <laughs> and then Frank Black comes out in a slate blue t-shirt. And I think he might be wearing sweatpants and together they sing a song called fashion and it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. That's um, so good. But, but yeah, he's, he's always like, he's listening to stuff. So where Trent Reznor will give interviews and say, like he was a huge David Bowie fan even before that. Mm-hmm. And um, what's great is the, the last nine inch nails record, uh, bad witch. There's a song that's inspired, not just like, oh, this is our, our little David Bowie tribute, but it's inspired by Blackstar. Oh, okay. And there's a saxophone, long saxophone solo. I think mm-hmm. Trent plays the saxophone and he sings down in that sort of, my down in that register, mm. which is, you never hear Trent Reznor do that. No. Um, so, but yeah, as much as, you know, he's inspired all these people, he's constantly being inspired. Um, I mean, he covers uh, Cactus on uh, Heathen. That's a Pixie song. That, that's the first place I heard that song is, mm. um, was the, the Bowie version of it. Um, and even going back uh, we, uh, to the, uh, I, I always confuse Never Let Me Down and Tonight. I forget which is which. Mm. But uh, the song Bang Bang. Yeah. There's... Wasn't that an Iggy Pop song? Oh, probably. <laughs> That's right. I forget <laughs> I forget that Iggy Pop acted as kind of like a, a cold storage for stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like here, Iggy, here, have China Girl. Uh yeah. you know, have uh, hold on to these. I'll get to them later. But I want they, they have to be somewhere for now. I wanna I wanna get this down. Use like a demo version. Um but that's right. But there's on uh on the Bowie version of Bang Bang, the uh I've got mine. It's got mm. such a, uh, oh, what's the pixie song uh, that it reminds me of? Uh, Valoria. It reminds me of the, the and on oh, this lemur skin. <laughs> Just that sort of flat, sort of like, yep, here we are. I don't know. Maybe mm. it doesn't make sense. But the I've got mine from Bang Bang reminds me of Valoria by the Pixies. Yeah, there's definitely... Uh... They share some DNA, don't they? Yeah. Um, but then, you know, David Bowie, um, in his kind of early days, wore his influences on his sleeves, didn't he? He, you know, that's true. Uh, I mean, pinups is mm-hmm. it's it's right there. Like, oh well, that that's a man who loves the Who, mm-hmm. and Sid Barrett, and what have you. So, yeah, definitely, definitely there. So it's all it's always been a, a part of it. Um, and I think maybe that's where the the maligned 80s stuff kind of falls out is I don't I, I think about this era a fair amount and mm-hmm. it's like it's trying to get out ahead um, I don't know yeah it's it's hard to know not having been there as yeah. as a kind of you know an adult able to process these things but for sure, I, yeah. I, I can't quite understand the world that they were being received into, if that makes sense. You know, why, why did no one like them? Why are they right. still kind of considered like 
the crappy era. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's it's interesting because it's coming off what was the most commercially uh, successful uh, in Let's Dance. Mm. That yeah, I mean the Serious Moonlight tour, you know, playing to enormous stadiums all around the world, you know. Yeah. But I, I think I think I may have actually read somewhere where he said that it, he was trying to kind of chase that commercial high from mm. Let's Dance, and it, it it led to sort of lesser. Uh, feet of clay if uh, i can reference uh the book of daniel again um yeah. but then it was after that that he, he broke it all down and did tin machine mm. and speaking of giving stuff to iggy to put in cold storage uh the the sales brothers uh had played on uh the what were what were the two uh iggy pop berlin ones uh the idiot and i'm not sure yeah but that yeah, they had been part of Iggy's band, and and then he brings them back into a uh, uh, to Tin Machine, and then doing the Tin Machine where there's nobody telling them what to do. It's really not trying to be successful, mm. um, and then and that's from that you end up with the '90s that he had. Um, oh, and uh, Tin Machine Two not being on Spotify because it was on a different yeah. label. And I think that's why you haven't been able to buy a copy of it either is because the mm-hmm. label, they weren't on the same label as the first Tin Machine album. And that label like went under and I think the distribution got bought up by somebody who's not using it right. How funny. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Like it's just art, isn't it? And right. but it's kind of tied up in these, politics and contracts and whatever and commerce and everything yeah yeah just give us the arts (laughs) (laughs) just give me an affordable two disc green vinyl copy of earthling that's not too much to ask (laughs) Mm. all right yeah you said you've struggled to get a vinyl copy of that is uh, is it just like prohibitively expensive or the the ones that yeah the ones that i found have been more than i was willing to pay at the time that i found them Mm. i it's it's one that i if i've got a new place that i'm looking at i'll say oh it's one of those albums that i check for um and haven't uh haven't had much luck with it's it's kind of mad i i heard on the radio earlier today that that vinyl is now uh, vinyl sales are now at the highest they've been since the early nineties. Sure. Um, and I, I don't have a record player, but my my sister and her partner do, and sometimes I buy them records, and it always surprises me how much they are. Because yeah. you know, growing up, you just find records in the in the you know thrift store, charity shop, whatever. Yeah. For you know pennies or because nobody because they they the turn around against vinyl was so strong Mm. just like oh we these giant things we don't need these anymore we have compact discs this is the future forever (laughs) and and i i what was funny toward the end of the compact disc era like before it became the mp3 era Mm. um and part of why the mp3 swept so hard is because the price of cds never went down Hmm. the way the price of records did because it became easier to manufacture it cost less to make them so they Hmm. charged the consumer less but they never did that with cds it costs much less to to manufacture them but we still paid 
you know, depending on like if you're at like a Virgin Megastore or something, twenty dollars for mm. for a single album, and it was it was offensive. But now, I don't think twice about paying, uh, you know, twenty five dollars for a vinyl copy of De Style or something. You're like, oh yeah, twenty five mm. is a good price for a record. For a new record, that's a good price. Yeah, but they're also more collectible. Is that's more of why I'm I'm getting them because I can hear the songs anywhere. Mm. It's not hard to hear the songs, but to have the opportunity to perform the ritual of putting a record on the platter and dropping the needle. It's an experience, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. And what, what's great, my son Quentin, almost two years old, will ask to have a record put on. He, he likes the the experience of watching something physical make the music. That's great. It's it's surprising. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Uh, yeah. I I mean, okay. I think that's, is that a good uh, David Bowie spectacular episode? Yeah. I think, I think so. so. I'm sorry about the, uh, the technical difficulties. That's all right. It just means I, I, I have to pay attention and, and actually do the edit. I, I felt bad about stuff I could have taken out of that Halloween episode that, that stayed in because I was like, I got to get it out. I'm tired of my dumb computer problems. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So listener, rest assured, Zen was not speaking over me the way it sounds at the end of that, uh, end of that episode. That was, <laughs> that was technical. Uh, so. it's all good. I, I was, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not that rude. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, and once again, I haven't really thought of this until we get to the end of the episode, but I think I've got us a little sign off. It's not from a podcast, but that's just fine. Um, all right, uh, everybody, until next time, as always, time will crawl. Sign off enough, I think.